Hello and welcome from Good Shepherd Church of Camarillo. We're so glad you're with us. Here's today's message. Well, good morning. Thank you, Alex, for that prayer. Uh, my name is John Nungester. If you like my message, if not, it's Chad Freestead. So uh, we'll get started with that one, get that out of the way. Um, I am excited to be here. Uh, like Greg uh, mentioned, I was the youth pastor here for a couple of years. Um, and uh, I was youth pastor for actually a full 12 years before that at other churches. And um, God definitely changed my course. He said that uh, he told me uh, if I couldn't bring him to Jesus, I'd lock him up. And, and then bring him to Jesus. So uh, God has done such amazing things in that. Um, he, he has opened up so many doors uh, doing ministry, not being paid by the church. And, uh, and it's, it's a whole different world out there. And so I am excited um, to be here and to be sharing God's word with you this morning. Um, three years ago, uh, this coming week, my wife and I were sitting at our uh, kitchen table in Simi, and uh, we had some choices to make. Um, our landlord uh, was calling uh, our, our rent due, and uh, we were going to have to move out of our rental, and uh, he was giving us a deal, and we were looking at places to rent and the expense of that, and um, we had chosen to make a purchase and purchase home. And so we were doing what everyone's doing on their phones and the apps and searching the areas all around looking for houses to buy that we could afford. That was the big deal. Um, we ended up finding a home in, in Moore Park and uh, it was a home that uh, we call the YouTube house because basically it's a fixer upper. And uh, we did all the work pretty much ourselves with family and um, we had to learn, I had to learn a lot of things on how to do specific things. So this had the cottage cheese roof uh, ceiling that had to be scraped. It had uh, four different colored carpets, all shag carpet. Um, it had uh, lace doilies on the, the windows and it had wallpaper on 80% of the walls and ceilings. Oh, yeah. So the ceilings that didn't have cottage cheese had wallpaper. And if you've ever, anyone dealt with wallpaper before? Yes, removing it, yes. Okay, wallpaper was created by Satan. And it, amen, thank you, thank you. Um, and it is just absolutely awful trying to remove that. And so we have vaulted ceilings too, so we, uh, we had to get ladders and be up steaming and scraping. And um, it was a very difficult time for us, but uh, we, were, we were able to get through that. And this house in Moore Park, um, the, the the thing for me, anybody got a green thumb in here? A green thumb? Anyone like gardening? Garden? Okay, one, two. Okay, we got the people with me. Okay. Um, anyone killed a succulent? Like, it's right. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll pray for you. Uh, we, it's, a, it's a, I, I enjoy gardening. I enjoy, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that is kind of almost, uh, there's a there's a goal right to produce fruit or vegetables or whatever you're and it's like i have built fire i have made this bell pepper you know it's like whatever it is there's just something to it and so this this property that we purchased had a side yard that for the first couple of years it was it's it's a pretty nice decent sized side yard but it's all dirt 
And uh, in our case, it was all wildflowers, just weeds growing and growing and growing. And I mean, they were growing six feet high. It was just, I'd have to go in with a machete and take them out and, and all that. Um, but I ended up um, going in this last summer with my dad. I built a couple uh, planter boxes, and put some sod down and things like that. And I'll show you a picture in a little bit. Um, and I built uh, a little, you know, vegetable garden, which I brought a little bit of it today. Um, and, uh, and have been able to produce some, some food. It's been exciting. Uh, and the thing for me about, about this is that, uh, it, there's so, so much scripture that's directed towards gardening and towards the agricultural side because that's who Jesus was speaking to. He was speaking to people that were producing um, food for themselves and for others to sell and, and all that. They were having to do that. So um, one of my favorite passages that we're going to look at this morning uh, is John chapter 15. And uh, I heard a message a couple weeks ago um, on this passage and it kind of just was for me one of those things that during this time especially was something it was almost like a refocus for me um it was a recentering for me um and uh, i thought i'd share a little bit about that and what i've learned from this passage with you this morning um so we're going to open to john chapter 15 if you want to open up your bibles i'm reading from the esv version um uh, and it says this, going from verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have read your word this morning, may you speak to our hearts. May this room be filled with your spirit. And may you open up our eyes and ears to what you have to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a picture of the side yard, I think, that'll come up in just a second. Uh, it's right there. So this is our little side yard. Um, I did plant some grass, and the dog killed parts of it. Um, and then I killed the dog, but, the, you know, enough with that. But that is my little planter box, and I actually have built a couple more since taking that picture um, that I haven't put anything in yet, so I didn't think it would be, you know, it, it hasn't been used. It, I'm waiting for next season and going to do something with it. But... Uh, but this is a vine that I took from my tomato plant. 
this morning. Um, and, and I think we need to first understand a couple of things. And the things we're going to look at this morning, we're going to first look at the players in this passage of Scripture. The second thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at the fruit. I'm sorry. We're going to look at uh, the different branches. And then we're going to look at the fruit. So the players, the branches, and the fruit. First of all, Jesus starts off with this story. And he is coming towards the end of his ministry uh, before crucifixion. He's in the upper room with his disciples. Judas, if you know this story, Judas has just betrayed him and left, and he's left with the 11, and he's now wrapping up and kind of giving them those last final points, the, the, the basically a, a coach coming in and giving that pre-pep talk right before they're about to be released into the game, all right? They've had practice, They've warmed up, and now they're getting ready to go in the game. And Jesus opens up with this story about the vine. And he talks about the three players. The three players are the vine, the vine dresser, which some translations say gardener, some say caretaker, um, things like that. And then you have the branches. So just to give you a brief, if you don't guess this already, Jesus is the vine. The vine dresser, caretaker is God the Father, and we, followers of Jesus Christ, are the branches, as well as people that have not accepted him, and we're going to get that into a second. So, we got the branches now, and we're going to look at the three types of branches, now that we have that basic understanding. The first branch comes in verse 2. If you read with me in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, okay? First branch is the branch that's in me, but does not bear fruit. Now, the thing that you gotta understand in agriculture and growing things is that there, especially with vined plants, is that there are a lot of branches, okay? Tomato plants specifically, I know you were like wanting to study God's word, we're gonna study a little agriculture to understand God's word better, okay? so. This vine, okay, has several branches. The interesting thing about tomatoes, and there's different types of tomato plants and things like that, but this specific one is an indeterminate tomato, and it usually runs across the ground. It'll grow out wide like a vine, like any other vining thing, including grapes, which Jesus is talking about here. So the vines then grow out and they branch off and they branch off into specific different types of branches. Some you'll see have uh, flowers on them, like this one on the end here, okay? A couple little flower buds right right there towards the end. Then you have others that have uh, leaves on them and leaves are, you know, changing the chlorophyll and all that and doing photosynthesis and providing the nourishment converting the nourishment. And then you have suckers. Suckers are these little branches right here that grow in the web of this sun, you know, uh, leaf here and the main vine that's grown up here. This is actually a sucker that I took off. This sucker grew pretty big. I like saying that too. Just sounds fun. But this sucker grew pretty big and it was growing across the ground. It had grown pretty, pretty long. And so what you see here in Jesus in verse 2, he says, first branch is the branch that's in me that does not bear fruit. Now, 
what does he do with it? What does scripture say? In your passage, in your version, what does it say? He, does it say he cuts it off? Does your version say cut off? Takes away. Okay. Takes away. Okay. I haven't found a version that specifically says cut off, but takes away. He uses the Greek term. Uh, the Greek word for it is arrow. Okay. And Jesus uses a little play on words for these first two branches. Arrow is the first one, which actually means to lift up, to take away. Um, what it was used for was as an agricultural term. And the thing with vining branches, okay, here, is that they would grow across the brown, uh, ground and they will actually drop roots into other places like strawberries or squash. You'll have these suckers that'll grow off and then they'll drop other roots and then another plant comes up and they'll keep suckering off into other ones. That's what happens with these. The interesting thing, and this is the thing that caught me a couple weeks ago, is that what they would actually do in biblical times is they would, the vine dresser would actually lift up or carry up or arrow these branches and keep them off the ground because when they were on the ground they were dropping roots that were shallow and not getting the nutrients from other things and get, not getting nutrients from the main vine they were getting nourishment but it was shallow out in these other locations and it raised them up to provide to provide uh, air underneath and allow them to reach up to the sun, get closer uh, up to the sun. Um, the interesting thing that I want to bring up, and I feel like uh, we need to hear today, because these branches are oftentimes, and this is the way it's oftentimes taught, is that the branches in verse 2 are the same branches that are in verse 6. Verse 6, if you look, talks about the branches that do not abide in me. That's very different. Those are branches that are cut off, okay, and no longer abide with the main vine, okay? These branches in verse 2 are ones that actually do abide but don't produce fruit, and usually it's because they've dropped roots into other things, and my question for you this morning that I think we all need to hear today, that I've needed to hear myself, is what are we dropping our roots into that's pulling nourishment that's shallow and not eternal and not coming from the main vine. A few months ago, I had to get rid of all social media. I just had to, I had to get rid of it. And the interesting thing is that my wife challenged me to do a fast from social media for 24 hours. And I said, oh, 24 hours, I can do that, that's easy. We can all do 24 hours, just give up social media, sure. And so I said, okay, I'll give it 24 hours. Within the 24 hours, I had opened up the apps on my phone at least a dozen times and then realized, oh my gosh, I opened them up. I need to turn it off. I'm fasting. And I told my wife, hey, it's been 24 hours. Just confession. I've opened up the apps, but I immediately closed them. I was convicted. I realized, and this is what she told me. She says, well, I challenge you to delete them from your phone. My guttural response was no. At that moment, 
the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, this is what an addict feels like. If you can't delete an app from your phone, you're addicted to it. And I deleted them. And I've never opened them since. And I have friends telling me, hey, you need to open the, hey, I posted something, I sent something to you, I, nope, no longer on it. Because my roots were going shallow into things that were not the true vine. They were going into Instagram. They were going into Facebook and what my friends think rather than what God's, God thinks. And I think for some of you, you need to hear that word today as well. Maybe for some of you, your roots are going down into the news media. Maybe for you, you need to turn off the TV and keep it off. And if you're feeling that, no, I need it. I would challenge you, that's what an addict feels like. I wake up every morning, I turn on the news, I drink my coffee. That's what I do. I read the paper, whatever it is. Maybe for some of you, you need to get rid of social media and actually have real relationships with people and talk to them face to face or mask to mask, however you want to do it, or six feet apart or through plexiglass, however you want to do that. Maybe for some of you, you need to turn off the TV and turn on your heart to God and find the real nourishment. Because the vine dresser, his main job was to go around and lift up those vines up off the ground and get them getting their nourishment from the main, main vine. Because guess what? This is the best part. Vines that ran along the ground that had those short roots, shallow roots, you know what they produced? Sour grapes. Did I get an amen? Nothing? Nothing? Come on. That's the, this is the amazing part, and this is where God, or Jesus in this, uses the amazing play on words, arrow, for lifting up. And I think oftentimes we read this passage and we go, oh, those are Christians that lost their faith. They're abiding, but they somehow lost their faith. We can't, you cannot lose your salvation. You are still connected to the vine, but you're also getting nourishment from other places. The second branch is from verse 2, the end of verse 2, and he uses, so the first Greek word that you learned is arrow. The second one you're going to learn is cathero. Jesus uses a play on words here using cathero, meaning that in verse 2, and every branch that does bear fruit, what does he do? He prunes. Why? So that I can produce more fruit. <laughs> Pruning isn't fun to a branch. I know they, they can't feel anything, but 
it takes away. It removes part of who they are. And that's what the vine dresser does to branches that are abiding in him and producing fruit. Because Jesus goes, you know what? You're producing fruit, but you can produce more. Don't get complacent. I'm going to do a little pruning, and it may not feel good, but it's going to allow you to produce more fruit. And I think the thing for me is that pruning in my own life is often very difficult. Because you know what? I don't like God's timing. God's timing is awful to me. And why? Because God is not my timing. And I want to be in charge. And I want to do it when I want to do it. And I want to get the blessings when I want it. But the vine dresser goes, nope. You're producing fruit. But I'm going to do some pruning. And take away. And remove. And refine. And rebuild so that you can produce even more. But God, it hurts. I know it hurts. Just keep pushing a little harder, a little longer. Jesus is coming back, people. He's coming back soon. And we have an opportunity to produce more fruit. And I think the church, capital C, has been in a time right now where we've seen some pruning. I've been talking with some friends about this. This is, I, I use this term because I don't want to make light of it, but this is the first time in American history that I believe the church, capital C, has been feeling any sort of persecution, if that makes sense, in a real tangible way that's actually changed patterns within the church. Does that make sense? I don't want to use that term loosely because there are people around the world that are losing their lives for Jesus Christ. And whether we have to watch service online or wear a mask or sit in this configuration, it's not losing our life for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's losing our normal interaction, our normalcy. Does that make sense? I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over this like this is a life or death in the sense of we could lose our life for Jesus Christ. But I think this is a pruning time for the church. And the amazing thing that I've heard with all my pastor friends is that people are coming to church in service online that would never come before. Giving for churches during this time has been steady for the majority of churches and for a large group of churches, it's actually increased during this time because people are forced to give online and usually it's just an automatic thing that they don't even have to think about anymore. And it's more consistent, a lot of my pastor friends are telling me. What's amazing is that I think God is using this time to prune the church. And we're gonna see why in just a second but he uses Arrow and Cathero 
And then he comes to verse 3. After he has talked about this pruning cathero and cutting away, he comes to his disciples and he says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. You are already pruned. You're already clean. You're already ready to go and produce more fruit, guys. Get ready. And then he goes and uses a word, abide. He uses this word in this passage ten times. Okay? This idea of abide is to remain in, to persevere, to stand with, to dwell. And as we read this, I want you to think about that. Because abiding oftentimes in this passage, when this passage is taught, is abiding means you wake up early to do your Bible reading. You read for at least 30 minutes, if not more, because 30 minutes is the minimum that you have to read scripture. You then pray for a minimum of 15 minutes. You need to tithe, and we're going to check. It's going to be 10% or more. And we get this list of things that we have to do as a part of abiding. But I want, I want to read this. Let's read verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. Now, can you see God abiding with the same list of things that we have to do for him, but he has to do it for us? Can you see God going, okay, i got to wake up early before the sun rises so that I can spend 30 minutes in my word so that I can then... No, this abiding is a two-way relationship. It's a dwelling. It's a, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Remain connected to me, and I'm going to remain connected to you. The branch just remains. It receives its nourishment. It produces fruit. It bears fruit. The vine gets all that nourishment and sends it out to the branches. They abide in each other in a mutual two-way relationship. And it's not a list of to-dos. It's a matter of dwelling, being. A part of that is understanding his word, and he goes into that. He says, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Dwell, be. It's a relationship. I am the vine, verse 5. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do some things. You can do the church service on Sunday. You can do the Bible study on Tuesday night. No. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. I think oftentimes we get caught up in the to-dos and not enough in the being part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? All those habits are good, but I think when the habits replace the relationship, it can become detrimental. In this, Jesus uses the word mino, which means abide. And in verse 6, we get to the third branch. 
The third branch is this. If anyone does not abide, Mino, in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, we have the do not abide in verse 6. So, you have a branch that's no longer a part of the vine. It's not abiding in the vine. It then is gathered up by the vine dresser, thrown away, and burned. These are people that are not a part of the vine, that are not Christians, that are not followers of him. I think that's a big difference between the branch in verse 2 and the branch in verse 6 that we see here. I think there's a big difference and that scripture is clear on that. Because then we come away from the branches and we go, okay, what's the fruit? And in verse 7 through 10, we see the fruit. Verse 7 says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The first fruit here that we see is prayer. Prayer. It's an amazing fruit. You and I have the ability to talk to God without masks, without plexiglass, without remaining six feet away. We can stand face to face with God and talk with him. Now, oftentimes this passage of scripture is used for the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is all about ask God for whatever you want and he'll make you wealthy, he'll make you rich, He'll have, you know, lots of cars and lots of fame and fortune and things like that because that's what this passage says, right? It says, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. But what is it talking about first? Abide in me and my words abide in you. You see, Psalm 37.4 says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight is similar to the word here of abiding. When you're in a relationship, when you're close, when you're connected, my heart, my human flesh heart changes to become and understand what God wants. I'm a little hesitant to share this, but I think it needs to be said. I think our prayers for our country lately may be out of selfishness rather than what God wants. That's a tough one, and I'm, I know it may have struck some people, but I think it needs to be said because from my study of scripture and this may be an encouragement to some before Jesus comes back things are going to get worse and so each and every day my prayer is come Lord Jesus come because I know 
the tribulation, the trials, the tests, the issues, the divisiveness that's going on right now. It's all part of God's timing. And it's his heart and his plan that matters, not mine. Like I said, I would love it if cops were esteemed in good light. I would love it if I didn't have to worry day in and day out about my life, about calls that I go to that could possibly be people wanting to ambush me or hurt me or my family. But that's the world we live in. And scripture promises, his word promises things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse before he comes back. So my prayer is come Lord Jesus, come. But this is the, the first fruit, his prayer. In verse 8, he describes why this fruit is important. In verse 8, he says this, By this my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit, and so prove, prove to those around, to the world, that you are my disciples, that you may be found worthy to be my disciples, that you may be shown in the world to be my disciples. And he goes on to the next fruit, says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Getting nourishment from the source. The second fruit that we can receive and that we can bear is love. Now that's a, another interesting one. Is that I I feel like I have been so, this is me personally, that I, I go to the end of the day and I go, okay, was I loving today? Did I show it? Did I prove myself a follower of Jesus? And there are some days lately that it's gone. Nope. I was short with my spouse. I snapped at her inappropriately. I yelled at the kids because they were supposed to be doing their homework on Zoom or something like that. It, it, the list goes on and on where I just go, oh, God. I didn't bear love today. And my comfort and hopefully your comfort today is that his mercies are new every morning. Great is that faithfulness. Today's a new day, folks. Tomorrow's a new day. We get to bear fruit each and every day. We get to prove that we are disciples and that we are followers of God, that we are abiding in him and he's abiding in us. And the last thing, this is... This is the whole reason, the whole shebang, is that verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The amazing thing about joy is it, it does not depend on circumstances. 
that true joy abiding in the vine that is produced by we the branches doesn't matter whether it's windy outside, whether it's cold outside, whether whoever's the president of the United States, whether we like it or not, it's for doesn't depend on the circumstances. The joy is produced because we are connected to the vine and the vine is connected to us. So my challenge for you this week as we close is that the whole point is producing the fruit of joy. The church, capital C, should be the most joyous entity on planet Earth right now, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of lockdown, in the midst of a American vote that we don't know what's going on right now, and a lot of craziness is happening in history. We, the church, we, the body of Christ, should be the most joyful loving, caring, fruit-producing people on the planet. We don't need to worry. We don't need to stress. Worry and stress are not from God and not fruit that God desires. So my challenge for you this week as we close up, what are the things that you need to get rid of that you've been tapping into, that your roots have been shallow and going into? Is it a relationship that you need to back away from, that you've been spending time gossiping and sitting, having coffee with them and listening to them, but you've been drawing your roots into that gossip? Is it social media? Is it the news? Is it all electronics that you just need to get away from for a while? Take a fast for the next 24 hours from whatever it is. And if you can't give it up, it's called an addiction. What fruit are you bearing in your life? It's the next thing you need to examine. This afternoon with your family, when you go out to lunch after church, talk about with your kids, with your spouse, with friends. Ask your kids, parents. <laughs> what fruit from the Bible do you see me producing in my life, son or daughter? If they have a difficult time answering, things need to change. Does that make sense? That's speaking to myself as well. And I'm a little worried that that just came out of my mouth that I had to ask my kids now. But that's a challenge for each and every one of us. Ask your spouse, what fruit are you produce, or am I producing? Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a list.
for you to work on this week and for the weeks to come. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the vine and for being the vine dresser and for taking care of us, for abiding in us. Lord, may we abide in you in all that we do. God, may we be the most joyful, loving, fruit-producing people in our world, in Camarillo, in the surrounding areas this week. May people be curious about the vine that we're connected to, that our roots go deep into the main vine. And for you, Good Shepherd, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace as we follow him and abide in the vine.